Welcome to the Sports Block Podcast for this week. It's the official opener of college football, the 2018-2019 season. I know my friend and good co uh, my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Mr. Travis Crins, is very happy about that, aren't you, Travis? Sure, I might watch a couple football games this weekend, perhaps. A couple? I would anticipate you'll watch at least four, if not five or six. Four? Well, I want to watch Auburn-Washington, of course. I think that's the, that's the biggest game. Yep. Uh, Miami. That yep. may suck. I want to watch that. Um, probably the first game that I'll watch is Florida Atlantic-Oklahoma. Yep. Intrigued by that. As well uh, you should so be. And they probably catch Virginia Tech in Florida State on Monday night. There we go. It is a cornucopia of college football games. So you, you're willing to tell me that you are not going to watch with or uh, Northwestern and Purdue on Thursday night? Mm, Thursday night. What do I do Thursday night? I don't have anything Thursday night, so is that on ESPN or is that on Big Ten? What it is. is. Nope, it's on ESPN. And uh, so that's the that's the marquee game that they put on. Shame on ESPN. I, I I don't get it. I don't get how Northwestern and Purdue is the big game that they're throwing on ESPN. If you get CBS Sports Network, you could watch Wake Forest and Tulane. I am thinking that Tulane has a good chance to win that one. Um, on the SEC, is, I mean, is, is that that's probably the biggest game of the night? Is it not? Northwestern. North- no, I would say yes. Uh, Central Florida is at UConn on ESPNU at 7 p.m. Okay. Eastern. Uh, Minnesota and New Mexico State play on the Big Ten Network. So watch a true freshman quarterback there. Uh, Missouri State and Oklahoma State are on FS1. Weber State and Utah on the Pac-12 Network. And Northwestern State at Texas A&M on SEC Network. So that's uh, very, very odd. Very odd, a Big Ten game week one. Very odd. Yeah, it's uh, and then um, yeah, it, it's just super weird. Friday, you have SDSU, uh, San Diego State, and Stanford. That I say, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be dandy. Yes, it will. Colorado, Colorado State on CBS Sports Network as well. Probably the second most intriguing game, just because it's a rivalry game and whatnot. But we'll get into all. Uh, I'm sorry. Army Navy, like Army wanted an Army win eight some games at their best season in twenty years last year. Yep, Army and Duke play one another Friday night. And you like Duke, I think, right? I think Duke is gonna do very well. Yep. Um we'll get to all of that here. Uh but first let's uh what uh let's just talk baseball briefly here. The NL West is very intriguing, the AL West is very intriguing, the NL wild card is highly entertaining. Apart from that, not a whole lot uh, else going on here, but uh what what caught your eye from last week in the major leagues? Uh, it's all about Oakland. We got Oakland Houston right now. Oakland got up to a four nothing lead and now all of a sudden it's five four Houston. So they they're playing a series here. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, these two teams uh, playing against each other. You got Washington, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is going to come back to the pack a little bit. I think they're three back or so, the wild card and the uh, division. So it uh, looks like they're going to lose here. So Philadelphia might be one of those first teams that you may have to uh, eliminate, even though they're three, four back. Only have 30 games to go here. So you may want to uh, you know, start crossing off teams here in a little bit, and uh, Yankees are chasing the Red Sox. All of a sudden, that's uh, more of a 
interesting race. Yeah, because the Rays swept the Red Sox over the weekend. Is that one of the more surprising things that you've seen in the last, oh, I don't know, month or two of the season? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Rays, the Rays are a pretty good team. I mean, they're going to win probably 85 games. In a, in a normal year, Tampa would probably be in the wild card, but this is not a normal year. Tampa is 70-61. and 61. They, are, they are quite good. Yeah, so, they've won eight in uh, a row now, haven't they? Entering Monday? Yeah. They have. They're pretty goddamn good. Uh, Yankees, you know, seven back. So that's likely done there. But um, yeah, just just the races are pretty good. Races are pretty good. St. Louis is hot right now. Uh, you know, that NL West you mentioned. Um, just that Colorado is better than the Dodgers. That's just unbelievable. Yeah. I Give mean, it. the Dodgers are flirting with disaster here, don't you think? Yeah, they're cutting it pretty goddamn close here. They're still only a game or two out, but they're cutting it close. Uh, Rockies have given up 120 more runs than the Dodgers, but still, they've got a better record. So, it's it's uh, one of the better races. Hopefully, this continues until the last weekend, uh, because that would be very exciting if we could have the East. You know, we could have maybe you know four divisions up for grabs, three, three or four. That'd be very nice. Yeah, we are down now to the last month of the baseball season, and we'll, of course, be keeping tabs on it throughout the month of September. And then we get it, we get into playoffs, and playoff baseball is pretty exciting. So looking forward to that. Think, who do you think leads in home runs? What player? Mm. Um, I was going to say J.D. Martinez, but I don't think that is correct. Chris Davis for Oakland. Well, dang nabbit. 39. Wow. Um, well, Kendris Morales for the Blue Jays hit uh, coming into Monday. It hit a home run in seven straight games, so that's awfully impressive. I believe that ended. So, yeah, seven straight games for him. That was very good. Uh, Mets are trying uh, to trade Jose Batista to the Phillies. Don't know if that's going to get done tomorrow or not. So that's. I don't know where he really fits with the Phillies, but he plays third base, but I don't really know what the Phillies are doing here. No, uh, no, and uh, I know you were high on the Phillies, and you have every right to be there. They're a very good team, but I don't see them uh, really being able to sustain this. I think it's the Braves' division um, to lose here at this point. The Braves look awfully good. Awfully good. So, uh, with... Yeah, yeah, St. Louis is looking really good right now. And then uh, after that, we'll see. Maybe, maybe Milwaukee or Colorado. Very exciting. You got a half dozen teams in the mix. Milwaukee's been disappointing to me uh, since they made all these trades. I thought that would really get them going here, and they just seem to be sputtering along. I, mean, I think they've been better than I thought they would be. Um, I think they've kind of met everybody's expectations. I didn't think they'd be this good just because they're pitching. But um, what trade? I forgot the trade they made. What the hell? They, they traded for... Mike Moustakis. Yeah, that's right. Um, Just an average. Well, an they, average they, they, had, they, they had a couple other ones as well. Um, there was ever an average goddamn player. His name would be Mike Moustakis. Yeah, well... A very punchable face if there ever was one. <laughs> uh, Odell Beckham... But, but, yeah. Let's check in, why don't we, with our friend Eric Hosmer, since we're talking former Royals. Uh, what, a, you know, what a great deal that was to pay this 
garbage player, a hundred million uh, for the Padres, mm-hmm. and he cur- currently Mr. Hosmer uh, is having the second worst year of his eight-year career. So, well, but, high expectations. They're playing in a ballpark that doesn't get a lot of home runs, so it he'll he'll any good. <laughs> that's just, that's he, probably he, it as well. Very fortunate for him, he had by far his his career year last year. So good for him to time that out just right going into free agency. And his on base percentage is three fifteen, and that's not good. So damn right, Eric Gosmer, not not a good player. So uh, let's see what we got here. Oh, Odell Beckham signed a monster deal at uh, $95 million, $65 million guaranteed over five years. So I think that's well worth the money there for the New York Giants. Uh, we'll talk NFL, of course, next week. Uh, but uh, anything else before we get to the college football preview? Baylor, you know about Baylor, right? Wow. Baylor's got Baylor's got troubles, right? You know. Yes. Baylor's a, a, a terrible organization. Are there new Are there new issues? Uh, new troubles? According to a report, Baylor officials placed a mole within several support groups for sexual assault survivors as a way to control their messaging and keep the university from looking bad. So they currently face. Yeah, that's great stuff for them. Yeah, that's not uh, good at all. They currently face a Title IX lawsuit from 10 anonymous former students for their alleged uh, mishandling of the sexual assault cases over the past 10 years. Because as we know, Baylor players have been accused of committing 52 cases of rape over four years. That's a lot. So apparently they would put somebody in these sexual support groups to try and, I don't know, sway them a certain way or... Mitigate their message. Something like that. So, um... Yeah, Baylor, get back. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, if that that could bring about the death penalty, I would say. It, it won't. Not this won't happen. This thing, I doubt. Well, I, if, I there, doubt if there ever was a time to bring the death penalty, this would be it. I doubt ESPN will even mention this at all. And if they do, it'll be a quick. No, because they're all they're all worried about Urban Meyer, and that that the sure. that leads us to our college football preview, um, brought to you by. Nobody at this point uh, looking for that sponsor. But anyway, uh, Urban Meyer gets suspended three games in one of the most, I don't know, perplexing, disastrous, uh, disa- I, I can't even, I don't even know what to, how to describe how poorly he handled himself uh, Wednesday night there in Columbus and Mary Jo White and the, the counselor of the group that did the investigation, um, I think brought about far more questions than actual answers and Mary Jo White's uh, credibility is already in question given her role in Bounty Gate. Um, so I don't really have a high opinion of her but Urban Meyer suspended three games. He'll miss uh, Rutgers, o- Oregon State, and TCU. So likely o- Ohio State will go 2-1. Well, he'll kind of miss it. He'll still be around for practice for those last two games. Oh, so it's really not even a three-game suspension. No. It's he's, a, suspended for, he's suspended for that first week. But then after that, the first game, he can come back, he can coach, he can practice. He just can't be there for game day. So it's uh, really, really not a good suspension. It's it's just a it's a, a sham. It's a travesty, a sham, and a mockery. It's a Travis Sham mockery. What is that? From the old Bud Light commercial there. Um... 
before really before Mount before Mount Stack interrupts, just take it away because this is it's just a, a a fucking shit show. That's all I can say. It it really is. It's this is this whole thing in Columbus is just so damn embarrassing and ridiculous. So Urban Meyer, he didn't do any of this, but he let let a guy on his staff, Zach Smith. He was in Florida. He was there in Florida. Mm-hmm. He was in Ohio State. He mm-hmm. was there for many years. Mm-hmm. We know that he beat his wife. We know this. We've seen pictures of the bruises and all the cuts and scrapes. And Even though no charges were ever filed. That's fine. I don't give a shit. He beat his wife. Yep. That's a fucking I'm, I just, that's I'm merely just presenting it that, 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 that there were no charges filed. Yes. So he beat his wife. One. He had a DUI. Two. Spent $600 in a strip club. Three. Left his 10-day drug treatment program six days early. That's four. Took a picture of the White House naked. I don't even know what the hell that's about. Five. <laughs> uh, he was arrested in 09 for more domestic abuse. This was 10 years ago. Six. None of these six things were enough for Urban Meyer to fire him when any of those six things could have been enough. To fire him. But he oh. the, he got his job initially from the grandfather of Zach Smith, so he felt indebted to him. I mean, this oh, don't you feel any sort of sympathy for Urban Meyer here, kind of caught in this uh, family conundrum? No, like when he lied at media day and he said he knew nothing about it, and that was just a lie. And the way they and the way that they describe it in the report, they tried to say everything but lie. They said. Uh, you know, the memory issues, and they said things about, he didn't present the facts in a way that represented what actually happened, and whatever bullshit language that they used. There, he didn't um, present a damn fact. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, saw what Michelle Beadle said the other day, but uh, if he didn't, it was very good. Well, it was on it was, Get Up, so I probably didn't watch it. Probably didn't. It was, uh, if you can find it online, uh, apparently she's off the show um, here in the once football season starts, so I, I, I doubt she wants to be on the show. She doesn't uh, watch football not. anymore. That's what she said. Yeah, is that what that's you're talking what about? Said. Something like that. it was a part of that discussion. Um, so that's I. That's very good because at this point, if you're a woman, like why would you really watch, you know, football? Because um, they don't they don't care about you. They obviously don't care about whether it's the NFL or whether it's college, whether it's Baylor or Ohio State or pick any other college out of a hat, they don't care about women or protecting them from violence or any other negative. I mean, why would you, why would you care? They don't care about you at all. No, no, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, this, and it, you know what really got me the most Rock out of that? My re- ear. You got, what got me the most out of that report that that sham of a report is the fact that they said that Urban Meyer suffers from long like he suffered from strenuous like short term memory loss and he's battled it for a long time and he takes medication and it causes him to misremember stuff or like not know the facts like that that's a bunch of bullshit. He the well, he, he should probably not be a football coach anymore. He had that heart trouble, right? He had heart trouble. He did, yeah. That's that some, and he had to step down from Florida. It couldn't be because there was a, you know, Ant, uh, like Aaron Hernandez was, uh, you know, doing bad shit there at that time. Couldn't have been. Then he went spent a year at ESPN, and then he's right back at it. Had a pretty good job at Ohio State. So, it, so he had a heart issue. Wanted to spend more time with his family. 
but now we're back here, and then now he's apparently got a a mental issue as well, a brain issue. So that's really disconcerting, and he seems to have forgotten things that have happened over the past 10 years with one of his assistant coaches that, as we mentioned, did all of these things kind of stick out. So, uh, Kirk Herbstreet said a really stupid thing. Oh, uh, no. they had a, Did you see all? Oh, you, you, you liked him, I'm sure, and you don't want to hear it. I don't, yeah, I, I like Kirk Herbstreet, um, but uh, if he said something well, dumb I mean, about this, this then this is... This, is a, this isn't terrible. You, you can still like him after this. Uh, so Kirk Herbstreit, they have him on right after, what was it? Whenever, Monday night, Tuesday night, or whenever the when, hell the night Wednesday was. night, I think it was. Wednesday, when this thing was decided, it took him many hours to decide what to do here. So they have him on, and Kirk Herbstreit's like, they should have retired FBI guys for every football team to look at the coaches and the players to be, like, undercover to make sure this stuff doesn't happen. I was like, what? Say, okay, say say that again now. Kirk Herbstreit would like former FBI officials, private investigators, to be hired for these big-time college programs to make sure things like this don't happen. That is his idea to clean up this sort of mess, to hire former FBI officials. Well, but wouldn't that have gotten a better result than what we got here with the Ohio State deal? I think he is, the way I took it, he wants to do this. This is his idea. So that, because he feels like these college football programs are so big and there's so many coaches. There's no way that an Urban Meyer or a Nick Saban could possibly keep tabs on his 20 assistants. Oh, yeah. If that's the case, that, that's a bunch of bull. When, in fact, you can do that because the case here was not that Urban Meyer didn't know because he did know. The problem is is that he lied and didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So that takes solution to this problem would not have solved this problem. If the uh, investigator comes to Urban Meyer and says, this is what I have found, Urban Meyer ain't going to do anything about it anyway. So what's the difference? Yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean... I mean, the FBI has already gotten involved, of course, in college basketball extensively. We know about the, you know, the the whole deal that went down last year involving Louisville and and whatnot, and several other coaches, you know, like Auburn and Arizona and USC. So I mean, we we know about the situation there. Um, Louisville, Louisville basketball, another situation where they don't think very highly of women. They pay them to have sex with them, prostitution. Huh? Yep. They have no respect for women in that aspect. They don't care about them at all. Yeah, it's uh, it it's bad. It it really and of is. Of course, Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino. He, of course, with what a handful of assistants, five assistants. He, of course, knew nothing about this either. Somehow, these head coaches can't keep tabs on what happens. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I think, they, just, they, just, they, they just don't know, Stacken. They just don't know. And it's I, unbelievable. I get that it's it's a slightly different thing, but still, like I think, more similar than anything here. You know, remember, like, Joe Pa and that whole issue with Penn State and, you know, the kids getting molested by Jerry Sandusky. Well, if someone he knew told about it too. You, Yeah, he knew. Someone told him, and he yet he kept he Sandusky on the staff. 
it's so it it it's beyond me why Urban Meyer would let a guy who you have heard is committing you know domestic violence acts against uh, his wife. Would why would you keep him on the staff if it's none other than just to do us like a, the the family a solid favor since the grandfather helped Urban Meyer get his career? It's just a, it's hypocrisy at its finest. It's uh, I. My my only guess is that he thought he was so powerful uh, and made so much money that something like this wanted to keep it covered up. Um, like somebody was supposed to look at Urban Meyer's text messages or trying to file a report. To oh, oh, the, look at those. It's a shame that that they they disappear after a year. And all of a sudden, yeah, they they can't get access to them or they can't find them. So um, instead of finding the emails, let's find the text messages from Urban Meyer um, because it's clear that he knew. And he told people, and, and they just they just didn't care. They just didn't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a disgusting situation here. And as I mentioned on the Google chat on on Sunday, I I was never a, an Ohio State fan really to begin with. So I didn't necessarily cheer for. I didn't want. I don't want them to win very much ever. But I'm not actively rooting against them as much as I am now here going forward. And absolutely not. And anywhere Urban Meyer goes, uh, this this has stained his legacy forever. And yeah, it's just it's it's a terrible situation. Ohio State couldn't have handled this any worse, or the I guess the outcome of the investigation couldn't have gone you know couldn't have been any worse. And I say say that is trying to be as unbiased as possible here because you're like, well, well if you if if, if if I'm just saying like if you're if people say like, "Well, you wanted them to fire Urban Meyer," and I'll say, "Yeah, because you look look at the evidence, look at the facts that are associated with this case," and they just essentially puffed a whole bunch of smoke. It's like they were smoking marijuana and just puffed a whole bunch of shitty facts at us and expect the, the public to accept it. Hell no, we aren't going to accept it. At least not that uh, not that aren't bleeding uh, scarlet and red. Or Scarlet I don't and think you have to apologize for staying up on the side of domestic violence. You should, but that's the kind of where we're at with some of, with some people here in, in society. Clear. You're hopefully in the clear, yes. So that's and the way he handled the press conference. Pass directly. Do you have anything to say to Courtney Smith? Doesn't address her. He says, "I'm sorry, we're in this situation." Like fuck you, buddy. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah, it's then he jumped out a couple days later with the Twitter, whatever. And that, and it's just like wow. And he wouldn't have done that had he not gotten, not received so much ridicule and backlash because of his press conference. He didn't. He doesn't care. He still doesn't care. It reminds me of somebody else we talk about a lot, but still, that's besides the point. Yeah. Um. I, I'll be talking with Charlie Hildebrand when he joins us here. Uh, later on in the podcast, more about this Urban Meyer situation because it's just. <sighs> I figured he'd get about three games. I think that was about right. I figured he'll probably get about three games. I so was hoping that the, I was hoping the moral compass uh, yeah. of the the group or of you know Ohio State or of society in general would uh, force this to be a firing. But you're right. I'm not surprised by it. Can you look at what Jim Trestle did and what Terrell Pryor and all those players, you know, a dozen years ago, ten years ago, they were suspended for much more for much less. And that's just a bad look. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Tattoos. Getting tattoos or uh, assaulting Selling memorabilia, selling rings. 
selling things that essentially belong to you, given to you, that's illegal. It's amazing. And, I, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If Urban Meyer wasn't, if if the Ohio State head football coach wasn't Urban Meyer, didn't have that sort of name recognition, if he wasn't seventy three and eight, if he was more of a five hundred coach, he would have been fired on the spot. Absolutely. There's there's a football league starting up next spring, and then there's the XFL that's starting up uh, the following year, still two years away or so. Yep. Um. They're not going to be big leagues. They may not even last a year or two. Uh, but if I were those individuals running those leagues, um, I would seriously consider offering 18, 19-year-olds money just to, to come to my league to play for a few years. So to go into college, uh, I'd pay you $100,000, quarter of a million or whatever. I'll pay you what you should be worth, or at least more than you're making now, to play for my league. But that's my idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, we'll see where it goes. It, it, I'm not discounting it at all. I think it's certainly a possibility. It's certainly plausible. But um, let's get to actually some good stuff here on the field. Uh, what conference do you want to start with? The Big Ten. The Big Ten. Okay, here we go. Uh, Big Ten East. Let's begin with that. Uh, of course, that has that is arguably the best conference in football. It is the most difficult conference in football. Uh, with all due respect to the Maryland's, Rutgers, and Indiana's of the world, if I've forgotten anyone, um, I know I am. Nope. No. There's three teams. Everybody else is pretty good in that division. Well, does it the Big Ten though have 14 teams? No, they just have 12. Okay. Yeah, no, 14, 14. 14. 7 and 7. So, yeah. Maryland, who, Indiana, Rutgers. Not as good as those other teams. Oh, right. Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. I, yep. Because I was forgetting about Michigan State in there for, for momentarily. So, yeah. Um, with all due respect to them, we're not going to discuss them because they're bad. They aren't going to. They, they just are in a division where you can't compete with the likes of the Penn States, with uh, Michigan States, Michigans, and Ohio States. Uh, so, as we look at this division, let's really focus on those four teams here. Uh, a lot of people really seem to like Jim Harbaugh. This is a kind of a make-or-break year for him. Some people think he could get fired if he doesn't maybe win the division or beat Ohio State. I mean, he's, he's gotten one win against Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan State in his three years. So that's not good. Uh, but what does Khakis have in store for this? I mean, they have Shea Patterson, so that's great at quarterback. They have a very good defense. But what, what does Michigan have in store this year? They've been quarterback for once, so that can make a whole hell of a lot of difference. They've had success despite having terrible quarterbacks. And it's like every other team we discussed that has a terrible quarterback that somehow wins, still wins nine or ten games, but the quarterback is non-existent. So they got a big game at Notre Dame to start the deal off. They can win that. If they can win that, they'll probably be 7-0. and So they got a good chance. To, yep. uh, if they can win that, I think Jim Harbaugh will be fine. If they and don't, if they him. don't though, then they then they already are in a huge hole. Well, like I, people don't want to fire Jim Harbaugh. Just remember what you were before he got there, mm-hmm. all of three years ago, and the Brady hoax and this trash. I mean, I, that, that really pisses me off when teams want to fire guys. Like you don't remember before he got there what you were. I mean, goddamn. I mean, remember. I mean, they were bad. They, 
I'm sure you remember when the Gophers had Glenn Mason. And yes. they were constantly 8-4. and four. Maybe every once in a while you'd have a 9-3 and three year. Sometimes you know, on a bad year it'd be 7-5. and five. But they were a per, they were a consistent 8-4 and four team. And Gopher fans got tired of that and said, we want more. And they haven't been the same since. They've been shit ever since. Jerry Kill got them somewhat to respectability. And now we'll see what P.J. Fleck can do. He's really instilled a lot of energy and vigor into that program here. But they haven't been anything since Glenn Mason coached. No. It seems like it's like both Polino with Nebraska. You know, nine wins a year just isn't good enough anymore. So we'll see what Scott Frost does. Uh, but Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he's got what got him in the Orange Bowl. Uh, been pretty close to a playoff. So I think he's done a good job. I would, even if they're 8-4, I would I would still keep Who Who's going to get the better? Who's coming in that's better than him? Ur- Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh, can go down. can go down. <laughs> So Michigan's there. Uh, Michigan State should be better this year. Uh, you know, regarding Ohio State, of course they have a they have a lot of great talent across the board here. Um, I would hope that maybe this Urban Meyer thing would cause them to lose for sure against TCU, and maybe it'll cause a little. Uh, maybe they'll lose another game or two down the line here. But I see Ohio State being very good, and then you get to Penn State, and. No Saquon Barkley, but they have a really good running back backing him up who will be in the star role there. He's not going to get to Saquon Barkley's, uh, you know, stat level. or I mean, he's just he's just not. He, I, well, if you think so, that's fine. But those are big shoes to fill. But they do have Trace McSorley, one of the better quarterbacks in the country. They do have a good defense and a great head football coach in James Franklin here. So Penn State, uh, if you're looking... It's, I mean, in the Big Ten East, of course, you you talk about those four, but Penn State has every right to be mentioned as uh, potentially winning this division. I have them winning the division. I have them winning the conference stack. Boom! They have Ohio State at home. They have Michigan State at home. They have Wisconsin at home. They're at Michigan. I think that's the only game I have them losing at Michigan. Their non-conference schedule is a joke. Um, How dare you say that got- about Pittsburgh? How dare I say that about Pittsburgh? Um, they've got, you know, they beat Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State, all at home. I think they won all those games. I think those are all top ten teams. Very good, very good there. Um, actually, who do I have here? There's some. Okay. Anyway, um. I was looking here, you know, like to say, I have Ohio State at 11-1. I have them winning the Big Ten East. Their only loss I have being at Penn State, though I certainly think they could lose to TCU here. And I would really like to see that Michigan State, of course, and Michigan uh, are going to be difficult as well. So on the on the West, let's, let's just cut to the chase here. It's Wisconsin. They're going to win by a country mile. But at least for programs like Minnesota, again, in second year under P.J. Fleck, and Nebraska, with new head football coach Scott Frost, there's a lot of energy being restored to these programs. So they could hopefully be pretty good. I see both teams going 8-4. and four. Uh, What about the Big Ten West intrigues you? If Nebraska can beat Wisconsin, I think they have a chance. Okay. Wisconsin is at Michigan and at Penn State. Do you think they win both of those? I think they win one of them. One of them. I mean, Nebraska freshman quarterback Scott Frost would be very exciting uh, to see what he has to do. But unfortunately for Nebraska, uh, they have to play Michigan and Ohio State and Michigan State. So they get the three of the top four teams right there. So that's an un, uh, that's a, that's a bad schedule for them. 
That's unfortunate for them. So who in the big, who do you have in the Big Ten championship game? Penn State beating Wisconsin. There you go. So chalk it down. Crins with Penn State in the yes. Big Ten. What's the next conference you'd like to go to? The Pac-12 we go. The Pac-12. Oh, Pac-12 after dark. We love it. We love what happens there. Uh, Herm Edwards is there at Penn State. So that, or at Penn State, at uh, at Arizona State. They're going to be garbage this year. Uh, who else we got? Um, uh, Oregon Colorado. State. Uh, Oregon State's going to be garbage. Colorado. Maybe I'm a little higher on Colorado than I should be. I have them at 7-5. and five. I think Cal's going to be terrible. I think I have them at 3-9. and nine. Here, but you look at the, if we'll, we'll start with the Pac-12 South, or in, I guess even regarding the Pac-12 as a whole, you have some really interesting new coaches coming in. Like I say, Herm Edwards at Arizona State, Chip Kelly at UCLA. Uh, so uh, you have uh, uh, Sunlin, um, the at, from Arizona. He, you know, coach, used to coach at Texas A&M. So there's a lot of the South really has a coaching shakeup here, uh, and I think that's gonna make for a very interesting year in the conference in year one here for these guys. I think Arizona is better. Khalil Tate, Khalil. man, he's the bu- he's the bomb. He's very exciting to watch and get someone. Uh, someone's teams can score some points. We know that. Uh, Oregon should be a little better. Their quarterback's really good. Stanford's always good. Washington. A lot of people like them to make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went one and eight in bowl games. Big uh, Pac-12 went one and eight bowl games last year. Didn't get a playoff team. It, is that a Tom. reasonable like uh, stat to like? Is that in terms of measuring success? Couldn't that just be how the bowl games unfolded? I get that we do this well, every year, but is that a real measurable stat in terms of where this conference is as or where our conference is as a whole? I would say you would have to look at those games, and then you would have to see where they expect to win any of those games, and then you would have to go from there. Okay, fair. So I'll pull that up in a bit, but yeah, one and eight in the bowl game, not good. Uh, so in the Pac-12 South, USC and Arizona, uh, you, you can't discount Utah because Utah is always a difficult place to play at. They are, for the most part, a very well-coached team dating back, you know, to well, actually when Urban Meyer was there. But, you know, what is it? Ty Whittingham is still there, right? Or Kyle Whittingham? Kyle Whittingham is the coach. All He's right. Good. So you can't discount Utah at all. But I think really it comes down to Arizona and USC. Again, the, the magic of Khalil Tate. But you do have, what, this JT Daniels uh, freshman starting at quarterback for USC. And, of course, USC has all of these highly uh, recruited guys. So... I'm going to take USC barely over Arizona, but it would not shock me in the least to see Arizona um, g- coming out on top in this division. I got Arizona winning this division because of their schedule. They do not, they do not play any team in the north that is worth a damn. So, well, you know, USC, they have to play Stanford, and they have to be at Arizona. So, Arizona, I think, can probably lose a couple games and still win this uh, win this. Dandy of a game uh, in two weeks on September 8th at Houston. Arizona at Houston. That'll be very good. I think they lose that one. As do I. Look at at the bowl games. They had Oregon and Boise State. Yep. Uh, Oregon, I think, had lost their coach. Boise State won by 10. Yep. Probably an underdog in that one. 
what else happened? Utah was the one team to win. Utah beat West Virginia. So good for Utah. And that was a West Virginia team without Will Greer, their starting quarterback. Yes. Uh, UCLA got doubled up against Kansas State in the Cactus Bowl. That's not great. Nope. Uh, USC got annihilated by Ohio State, right? They did. Arizona lost a good game against Purdue, 38-35. Mm-hmm. To Purdue. Uh, Stanford lost a good game in the Alamo Bowl to TCU. Yep. So they lose there. Arizona State got ransacked by North Carolina State in the Fun Bowl. Mm-hmm. And well, that's about it, isn't it? I think so. Washington. Good Washington. Washington lost to Penn State. That was a good game in the Fiesta Bowl. Yep. So for the most part, they uh, were close. They were close, but Craig won goddamn game. I mean, Jesus Christ. That's, that's not good. Uh, Oregon, I I have a hard time figuring out what Oregon's going to do this year. Um, I think they're still in a kind of a rebuilding process, but they do get Stanford and Washington at home. So that's, that's obviously big for them. Um, I really like Washington, though, this year with Jake Browning back at quarterback. They have their, they're returning their starting running back. Uh, I really Miles like what... Gaskin. Who? Miles Gaskin is the running back. You would think, as much as we've talked about Washington and the Pac-12 here, through you know, doing the Google chats and stuff, I would remember Miles Gaskins. I probably won't, though. I probably will forget him five I've never heard of him now. before I looked him up. I have no idea who he is. <laughs> but He's some I, guy that apparently could have gone to the draft, but he didn't. So it, Miles Gaskin apparently is the guy. And Stanford is always very good. Brian Shaw, well-respected head coach. They got, uh, I think, the Heisman Trophy... One of a uh, Heisman Trophy candidate in running back Bryce Love. Uh, Washington State's not going to do anything this year. Uh, Mike Leach has to develop another quarterback. Their defensive coordinator left. So th- there's a whole lot of shit going on at Washington State. Um, so in the end here, I have Washington against uh, USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Who do you have? I have Washington beating Arizona. All right. Very good. Uh, let's. Uh, what's the next conference? The ACC. The ACC won't let me be. Oh, that's the FCC won't let me be. They tried to shut me down on MTV. Uh, that's uh, from the lyrical master rapper Eminem. Thank you. So, with that being said, ACC, um, it's Clemson's. I mean, it's let's just be real here. There, there is such a large gap between Clemson and everyone else in the conference. Uh, Clemson's division, in particular, is just garbage. Um, for all intents and purposes, the the division with Miami and Virginia Tech that is going to be very intriguing. I'm always high on Virginia Tech, much higher than I should be. Miami is going to be stellar again this year. Mark Rick's doing a very nice job down there uh, at the U, but really, no one's coming close to Clemson, right? I can't wait until uh, Miami gets tired of winning ten games every year in three years and wants to fire Mark Rick. Well, yeah. No, that would that would be the case, wouldn't it? They were quite garbage for many years. For goddamn near ten years, they were not uh, not relevant, and they were actually in the playoff discussion last year. Clemson and Alabama; those are your two favorites to uh, to play again. Are the Warriors and the Cavs of the deal? Uh, I've got Clemson going undefeated. I got them running the table here. As do I. Um, I think Duke has a chance to be somewhat surprising. I have Florida State at 8-4, and four, and I think people in Tallahassee would be upset with that. But, I mean, is Willie Taggart really the guy to lead Florida State here? It seemed like an, 
an odd hiring at the time. Not saying that he can't get the job done, because I think he would have done. Uh, he did some good things in his brief tenure at Oregon, um, and he was at what USF uh, before that. But uh, what do we what do we think Willie Taggart can do at Florida State? I think he can go back to right where they used to be uh, under Jimbo Fisher, national title contender. Got the quarterback back, so that's good for them. Lost him out of the shoot. And um, they can beat Virginia Tech, which I think they will. They should be probably 5-0 and going, going at Miami. That's probably your game of the week right there. Both teams will probably be in the top 10 at that point. And uh, yeah, exciting game for once. Um. I'm not high on Louisville this year. I think they suck without Lamar Jackson bringing in a new quarterback, so I don't expect much from them at all. Uh, I'm I have NC State at ten and two, and I think that might be a little. Ri- I know. I, I so I say I think it might be a little ridiculous here, but uh, maybe I'm just a year late to the party with NC State. I know they lost you know some good defensive players like Bradley Chubb, but. Um, what, what do you think of NC State? I mean, they they have tough games against Clemson and West Virginia, but, I mean, you get Florida State at home, you're at Louisville. Like I say, I don't expect much from Louisville at all. I think North Carolina State could surprise. I think I have them losing at West Virginia, and I have them losing at Clemson and Florida State. Uh, they could be, be the second-best team. I think whoever wins Florida State, North Carolina State, I will be that second-best team. So, so I'm not that far off, them. then. No, they're fine. I got them at nine and three. Okay, so, just one game better then. Just, just the rest of the division is not good. Um, care to guess what I have Virginia Tech's record as? Eleven and one. You got you, you got it right, right God on the it. right on the money. God they're they're losing to Florida State, and again, I know I'm I'm ridiculous when I do this because uh, I I'm all I'm all in on the Hokies every year, and. Right or wrong, but Miami does have to travel up to Blacksburg this year, and it's you know always difficult to go to Lane Stadium and enter Sandman and everything like that. I know it was a tumultuous offseason, losing several guys in the secondary on defense, either to suspension or um, to the supplemental draft, but I do think Virginia Tech is going to beat Miami and ultimately represent the ACC in the Coastal Division. Um because Miami's one loss will be to Virginia Tech, so they win the head-to-head. I also have Miami losing at Virginia Tech, but I also have Virginia Tech losing at Florida State and at Pitt. So and, Pitt. In Notre, and against Notre Dame. So. Okay, and you know what? Like I say, I think Virginia Tech will probably go ten and two or nine and three, but uh, you know, I only go by how the schedule plays out. If they were going to Notre Dame. I'd pick Notre Dame, but Notre Dame's coming to Blacksburg, so give me the Hokies. I'll give it to you. So, I have Clemson against Virginia Tech, stupidly enough, in the ACC Championship game, uh, because that's where my heart's at, and I will take Clemson to take down the Hokies. Clemson over Miami, same thing we saw last year. Very good. Uh, Next conference. The Big 12. The Big 12. Um, how about Kansas? How about those Kansas? Oh, sorry. We're not talking about that. How about... Uh, I, think they're good. I, think, I think they can win. I think they can go uh, 3-0 in uh, non-conference. I think they can do it. They could. They could potentially. Um, Baylor, I think, is pretty garbage. 
Uh, they'll be four and eight. Texas Tech, I don't have a lot of faith in it. Four and eight, but the rest of this, uh, the rest of this or conference is very good. Oklahoma, of course, is starting Kyler Murray, who got drafted number nine overall by the Oakland A's. Got to think that uh, based on how the A's look, that he's going to say, yeah, I would much rather make millions playing baseball than uh, millions guaranteed playing baseball than millions maybe guaranteed playing in the NFL. So I think uh, folks should enjoy his one year here at Oklahoma because he's bolting after this year. Uh, So that aside, Texas with head coach Tom Herman going to be very good. And West Virginia with uh, Will Greer and David Sills. Awfully intriguing there. There, West Virginia is going to probably be the funnest team in the conference to watch. But um, I think when it, when it's all said and done, when the smoke clears and the, the dust settles, it's going to be Oklahoma and Texas at the top. Oklahoma, yeah, they're going to score a lot of points again. they got a running back, Rodney Anderson. He's supposed, supposed to be pretty good. Uh, they won the conference three years in a row. Do you know the last Power 5 team to win a conference four years in a row? How many years ago was that? Mmm, mmm, that's a great question. Uh, Three years in a row for Oklahoma. This year would make it four. Let's go with one. Let's go with Nebraska in the Big 12 back in the late 90s. It was Florida back in the late 90s. Oh, well, at least I had the time frame correct. Not bad, pretty close. So, teams don't win conferences four years in a row. So, we'll see what Oklahoma does. I don't have them winning the conference. Um, but they should be fun to watch again. Florida Atlantic, I'm intrigued by this game. And uh, they, lost, they lost at Iowa State last year, did they not? Or was that at home? I know they lost to Iowa State. Uh, oh, yeah, let's see here. That was at home that they lost. Yes. That was a big surprise. It was. Um getting that pulled up here. I also think, you know, if you're looking at potential upsets for week one here, again, I'm not saying that they're going to win, but I would put Florida Atlantic topping Oklahoma as the most likely upset to happen. Maybe, but yeah, that's something you got to keep an eye on. Who would you, what if, if you were to look at the unranked teams, what would, what would you say is more likely than... FAU over Oklahoma. Take a gander, shall we? And by the way, like it was Texas. last year that Oklahoma lost 38-31 to Iowa State. I like Texas, obviously, to uh, do good things. Uh, what team uh, San Diego State being Stanford? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Maryland. Maryland beating Texas. Texas are the two uh, touchdown favorites. Maybe Maryland beats Texas. Uh, not two years in a row. <laughs> Is it all? We'll see. Uh, would it be fun for App State to win that Penn State? To oh, beat that it would. It would. It'd be bad for your prediction, but. I'll tuck for me. Well, it's not a conference, so we'll, we'll, we'll let it slide. Okay. Tennessee, Tennessee and West Virginia, that game is in Charlotte. So let's see if Tennessee could give them a game. Uh, they Boise won't. State is at, Boise State is at Troy. Troy is usually pretty good. Boise State only a 10 point favorite. So I think there's a, there's a handful of games here that uh, I mean, I'm sure there'll be at least one of them that'll happen. Oklahoma State, I feel like, is going to be in slightly rebuilding mode. No Mason Rudolph, no James Washington, so they're going to fall back a little bit. TCU, uh, I imagine, will be pretty good. Gary Patterson does an excellent job there. 
But, uh, I mean, really, if you're looking for a team outside of Texas and Oklahoma to look at, it's West Virginia, as mentioned, because of Will Greer and David Sills, if they can stay healthy. West Virginia is going to be awfully fun to watch. Um, but overall, in the Big 12, who do you have in the Big 12 championship game? I have Texas beating TCU. All right, I have Texas topping Oklahoma. Uh, that lead- Texas, has, Texas has a very favorable schedule. They have four road games. The Maryland game, I guess, is a road game. They don't count it as what as such, but because it's at FedEx uh, Field, where you positively yeah. have to be there overnight. They do, but Texas. Uh, I don't know if this is every other year thing. They've got Oklahoma at home, USC, TCU, West Virginia. They have their four toughest games all at home. Well, so t- they go, always they three and one. The the game against Oklahoma is always at the Texas State Fair. Sure. So I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's you know another neutral game. So yep. I I like their schedule a lot. Their defense was the best in the conference. In a conference that doesn't play defense, they need a quarterback to do something. They show them flashes. They got a couple of them. You got to pick one. Hopefully, the guy they pick is worth a damn. But defense in a conference is good, and. Uh, Tom Herman's an offensive guy, so I do like that the uh, you know, the offense is just trash. But that's his side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Wayne was Florida. Just literally unwatchable. Florida's offense, unwatchable. Their defense was great. Uh, but they literally couldn't score more than 10 points a game a lot of the time. And that was his side of the ball. So he got fired. So, it's always interesting when the Coach comes in and decides he's responsible for terrible. Speaking of Florida, let's move to the SEC. Oh, by the way, I have Texas taking down Oklahoma in the Big 12, if I didn't mention that already. Uh, let's go to the SEC. Last year, we did have two teams from the SEC in the college football playoff. And I'm not going to... ever, right? I... Yes, I think so. You Yep, and I'm this year. I'm not going to pick against Alabama, so this is the year that Alabama most likely will disappoint. But I certainly think Georgia has a very good chance to make it again, despite losing Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb to the uh, to the NFL and Roquan Smith, the phenomenal linebacker. They do bring back Jake Fromm uh, for his sophomore year at quarterback. Uh, highly recruiting class, so you know Kirby Smart's going to have the dogs. Uh, ready to roll this year. The odds that you that we will see two SEC teams make it to the college football playoff, and those two teams being Alabama and Georgia, is how great, in your opinion? Ten percent. Ten percent. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Swift will be the running back. See what he can do. He'll be Swift uh, going moving through tacklers. Yes, Jake Fromm played well. Might need him to play a little better. I mean, you just rely on the defense in the running game. Uh, you can get by. I think I you would expect him to take an, 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 another step, though, in year two, right? You would expect so, but I maybe he won't. Well, the guy they had before him, I don't know who that was. He was good. I was just wherever the hell he went. Yep. Uh, I think he went. Did he go to Washington, I think? Yeah, I think so. He was pretty good. And then uh, as Jake Fromm comes in. And uh, played well enough. And probably should have won the national title. Yes. Um, 
Other uh, South Carolina is going to make life potentially interesting in the SEC East. A lot of people are high on them. Uh, David Schottenkirk from the Google chat among them. Are you high as high on South Carolina as everyone else seems to be? Yeah, because I have them winning the East. Well, dang nabbit. I have Georgia losing at South Carolina and at LSU. The South Carolina-Georgia game week two decides that division. How big of a game is that overall to get, like, right out of the gates, right out of the shoots practice? It's a huge game. It's the two best teams in the East, and the winner of that wins the division. It's as simple as that. Now, now, Dan Mullen is at Florida here. He was the head coach at Mississippi State. He goes back to Florida where he was the offensive coordinator at. Um, what do we expect from Florida in year one under his tenure? 7-5 and five in a bowl game. Okay. In the offense. you got to get the offense going. Like, it's been a long time. They had a hell of a team 10 years ago. But with all of this talent in Florida, I mean, Miami's gotten better. Florida State's gotten better. Central Florida, UCF, you can make the case Florida is the fifth best team in that state. You have uh, Florida Atlantic. Yep. Florida so all of these athletes. Florida International has Butch Davis. People well, forget right. about that. They can't, find, they can't find a quarterback. They have no offensive weapon. I do not know how that is possible in the state of Florida. They don't have anybody. So many teams stack, and we say it every year, so many teams can't find quarterbacks. You're right. Especially in the it's SEC. This is, this, if this, is, this is the best football conference, and I think we can agree on that. It, it floors me that they, they have so many issues finding quarterbacks to play, and I get it. The defenses are phenomenal in this conference, better than any other conference. Running backs are great, well, though. all I know about these goddamn defenses, all I know about these defenses is that Oklahoma whipped that ass in the Rose Bowl. That's what they did at Georgia defense. No, they did. They did. But, uh, I mean, they did that to everyone last yeah. year. Um, I think if you put these, if you put, you know, the Big 12 and the SEC, if you put the SEC defenses in the Big 12, I think they'd get their ass kicked. Okay. Uh, sure. Well, you saw, you know what Clemson, you, you've seen what Clemson, You've seen what Clemson has done to Alabama yep. a couple right. years ago. You're right. Two straight years, Deshaun Watson carved their asses up. Yep, you're right. You get out of the conference, we've seen what? We've seen Oklahoma, what was it, in the Sugar Bowl a few years ago, beat the hell out of Alabama. Um, we've seen these teams, once they get out of the conference, in uh, you know national title games, Rose Bowls, win or lose, they give up a lot of points. They do. You're right. You're right. Um, other teams in the SEC East here of note: uh, Tennessee is going to be bad this year. I have them at five and seven. Our Vanderbilt squad. I have them at five and seven. Maybe that's a little, um, a little presumptuous there. Missouri, with what people are saying, is the best quarterback in the class or in the uh, upcoming NFL draft. Was it Locke? That's his name. Really. What? Boy, another another. I bet he's a tall son of a gun too. I bet he is. I bet he is. I mean, he's got to be better than the last quarterback to get drafted out of Missouri. It'd be hard not to be. And somehow he's still got a job in the league, which is somewhat amazing. Drew Locke. Uh, I, I Google the guy and what what comes up. Blaine Drew Gabbert. Locke, six four. Yep, six four two twenty five. Missouri quarterback Drew Locke. He he apologizes for derogatory tweets that were sent as a teenager. Jesus Christ, Zach. <laughs> everybody, everybody has sent a derogatory tweet as a case grader 
about gays, about blacks. God damn. It's bad. How does this happen? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, Jesus, we didn't, it's, have, we didn't have it when we were in the 8th grade or even in high school. I pretty much goddamn guarantee none of us would have done anything. I, I like would hope this. not here. It's it's the society in which we live in. And uh, you know what? Don't Like Herm Edwards says, don't press send. Don't press send. Dante um, DiVincenzo, this guy from Missouri. Josh Allen, Josh Hader for the Brewers, Sean Newcomb for the Braves, Trey Turner for the Nationals. I mean, Jesus Christ, yeah. how long does this have to go on? Uh, I, I, I don't have an answer for you. I don't have a good answer there for you. Um, so you have South Carolina winning the East. The West seems like a foregone conclusion that Alabama is going to win. I have a hard time kind of pegging Auburn. I know uh, Jared Stidham is a very good quarterback there, but I... Auburn's one of those weird teams to me that I think will just kind of fail against the expectations. Uh, I, How dare you? I'm sorry to do that. I think Mississippi State's the most intriguing team in the SEC West, uh, due in large part to yeah. Nick Fitzgerald, who I think I, I've already said that Trace McSorley is one of the best quarterbacks. I said Drew Locke, uh, Jake Browning, one of the best quarterbacks. I truly believe that Nick Fitzgerald is a top top five, if not a top ten, if not top five quarterback in college football. Good enough there. That's fine with me. Auburn lost four times last year. Clemson, they were pretty good. Uh, Central Florida was a good team in the bowl game. They also lost to LSU, who was okay. All three of those losses were by single digits. So, Alabama's schedule, I don't want to call it bullshit, but it usually is. Mm-hmm. Auburn always plays a tough schedule. They start off with Washington. Then it's pretty easy until you get to the end of the year. And they're at Georgia, and they're at Alabama. And that's a tough, tough final three weeks. And they have a tough game right out of the gates against Washington. Neutral site game in Atlanta. For all intents and purposes, a home game for Auburn. I think they win that. I, I reluctantly agree on that. But again, I think Mississippi State is the team to watch with Nick Fitzgerald. Um... So definitely keep your eyes out for Mississippi State. Our boy, or Marcus's boy, uh, Eddie O, Ed Ogeron, guy yeah. like the, the Sil Hummer too. Uh, I think uh, LSU going to be in some trouble this year. 6-6, 6-6, six six, six six. Ed O, he was selling hummus next year. Selling hummus. Selling hummer, eat the donuts that I've never heard of. Beignets. Beignets, where the hell beignets are. <laughs> eat the beignets. A little pile of sugar on them. Pile of sugar, very never, good. Never heard about it in my life. Astros are just killing Oakland. It's eleven to four. Woo. They scored eleven straight. Woo. Uh, so I think LSU's it, it, LSU hosts Alabama this year. If there's ever a time to beat Alabama, it now it, it would be now. It would be this year. If let's say LSU finishes with a record of six and six or worse, but one of those wins is against Alabama. Would that be enough to keep Ed O's job? No, you gotta do better than six and okay. six. Right. All right. Well, that's what I have LSU as. So I think. Uh, yes. Alright, hey. And uh, Texas A&M, of course, got Jimbo Fisher there. But you want to talk about murderous schedules here? Uh, I, people with the contract that uh, Jimbo Fisher got, A&M expects a national championship. Uh, they expect to be right there amongst them. But this schedule this year, 
I'm sorry, in year one, you're not going to get that from Jimbo Fisher. Maybe in year two, maybe year three, we'll see how it all goes, see how good his recruiting is. Uh, but when you have the likes of Clemson at home, uh, at Alabama, at South Carolina, at Mississippi State, and at Auburn, uh, you're going to be lucky to go 7-5. and five. Just saying that I right got now. At, I got him at 8-4. and four. What the hell? Clemson, Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina. So you have them beating Mississippi State. Yes. Okay. At home. No, it's at it's at uh, Mississippi State. You sure? Ah, uh, pretty sure. I got it at LSU. What's? Let's see. I I'm almost positive it's at Mississippi State. No, at home. It's at LSU. No, no. I we're talking about A and M. You have LSU. You have LSU at eight and four. Yeah, I have AM winning against LSU at LSU. Right, but I'm talking about Mississippi State. I, I have I have AM going seven and five, hold losing hold to home to Clemson at South Carolina, at Alabama, at Auburn, and at Mississippi State. I think it's just a murderous schedule for them. What we're talking about Texas AM. Yes. I got them winning at Mississippi State. Okay. So you have them at 8 and 4 still. Yeah. Alabama 11 wins, Auburn 10, LSU 9, AM 8, Mississippi State beat. Okay. Um, does Alabama beat LSU once again this year? 7 in a row, 8 in a row. I got I got Alabama this is their one loss at LSU. Oh, all right. All right, there we go. Uh, with that being said, then, Alabama versus South Carolina in the SEC championship game. I have Alabama against Georgia. I am praying that Georgia wins, but I am not picking against Alabama this year and looking like a fool. I have Alabama winning. What say you? As do I have Alabama beating South Carolina. Um, they're going to play... Like last, like their schedule. I'm hung up on Alabama's schedule. Last year it wasn't any good, and nobody ever holds it against them. It's always they they mention it and say hmm, Alabama's schedule. That's not great, and but that's never that's held against Washington. It's held against everybody else. Never I held up. I do. Alabama. I do think the Florida State game needs to be taken into context here. If if. You know, DeAndre, they, they were killing Florida State, or not maybe not killing, but they were handling them pretty well. Then DeAndre Francois got injured. So, I mean, that was a good game on paper right out of the shoots. But then the quarterback gets hurt, and they're the ones that hurt him. So, give them credit for breaking his leg or whatever they did. Like, okay, let's go back to last year. Their best win was against LSU. Maybe at Mississippi State. Prior they to Nick Fitzgerald Auburn. getting uh, knocked out. They lost, they lost at Auburn. They lost against the best team they played last year in the regular season. The other two games, I mean, their schedule wasn't impressive. Uh, it's, it's not any more impressive this year. They have Auburn now at home. They never played Georgia. They always get a dog shit team from the other conference. Uh, from the other side, but this year it's Missouri and it's always Tennessee, and Tennessee's been bad for a long time. So their schedule is not good. 
it usually isn't good. Once in a while, they'll play a team in the non-conference. It's usually not a team they got to worry about. They may only play two ranked teams the entire year. You're saying that right now. They only play two ranked teams the entire year. What? 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 what, what I mean, Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU. So, you think LSU is going to be ranked? So if if they, uh, yeah, I think Mississippi State could be ranked. Still, LSU very well could be ranked. Um, and Auburn could be ranked. A&M, A&M week four, maybe, but if they've got this yep. tough schedule, I don't see them playing a ranked team until LSU the first week in November. Right. I Their mean, first eight games. You, eight raise, games. you eight raise a very good point because they would have to essentially run the table to be there. You know, if they get one loss, they might be on the out. Listen, weren't they going to be out of the college football playoff last year had Wisconsin won? Probably. It would have been was, it would have been, the conference. Right. It would have been Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Wisconsin. This is the second time in the last ten years they've won the national title without winning the conference. So So in in theory, you're very they, I mean they are they, they're a very good team and by and by no means they're they're probably the best team out there. Yep. But their schedule it, it their schedule is so, is soft compared to what yep. other teams have to go through. Yes, it is. Yep. So you're right. I think one loss could derail this team's chances if everything else kind of works out. I agree. If you give them give them Michigan schedule, have Alabama go to Notre Dame, have them play Wisconsin, have them go to Michigan uh, or go to Ohio State, have them play Penn State, have them play Michigan State. Are they beating all five of those teams? I don't think so. I, you listen. You know what? This isn't going to last forever in the Big Ten East. I don't think. But well, here's the thing about it: Notre Dame, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Penn State, Ohio State—five best teams. Michigan play is better than every team that Alabama plays, except maybe Auburn. You are absolutely five, correct. You are absolutely and correct. Nobody's going to mention that. Five best teams on Michigan's schedule is better than anybody that Alabama will play, besides maybe the last game of the year. I I absolutely agree with you, because you look at—I mean—they have. Alabama has four true road games this year. At Ole Miss, Ole Miss is going to be terrible. I have them for three wins. At Arkansas, new head coach. I think Arkansas is going to be terrible. I have them at six wins, though, nonetheless. Tennessee, already mentioned, five wins. LSU, I have them for six wins. I might be, I'm I'm more down on LSU than I probably should be. But um, just by that, by that logic there, by by those records that I have, the best team that they would play on the road would be a six and six team. That's not cutting it. Give Ohio, give them Ohio State schedule at Michigan State, at Penn State, hosting Michigan, at TCU. Maybe they win them all. Maybe they lose one or two. Who else? You're right. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, give them Auburn schedule. Auburn always has to go to goddamn Georgia. Fucking Alabama never does. Auburn always plays a tough kind of conference game. They play Washington. Um, I don't like it. I don't like it. So out of the teams that are not in the Power Five, what are the teams that you're looking, that you're most intrigued by? Notre Dame should be pretty good again this year. They're going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, we we I, all I, like Boise State. Uh, Central Florida is going to be interesting. Of course, you have to mention Lane Kiffin at Florida Atlantic. Uh, so, who, what's intriguing you most? Uh, what team intrigues you the most, or what are you? What? What? Give me several teams that you're uh, looking at this season. 
I really like the AAC. I think the AAC is the uh, sixth best conference. They got Central Florida, Memphis, and Houston. I like all those teams to win double digits in the regular season. I think they're all very good teams. I think Boise State goes undefeated, so I have them playing in a big bowl game. Uh, San Diego State, if they get by Stanford, then that'd go a long way. They also play Boise State, so mm-hmm. that's a tough schedule for them. But uh, Central Florida, Memphis, Houston. Those three teams, I like them a lot. Very good. Um, let's get. I do not think Notre Dame will be in the discussion for the playoffs. Okay. What do you have Notre Dame's record as? Like nine and three. Okay. What a uh, yeah. All right. Uh, I have them at ten and two, with losses to uh, like I, I to Virginia Tech and then USC. Like Michigan should be good, but they host Michigan. Like people is, people are saying how tough their schedule it is, but I don't know if it is all that tough. Like Michigan should be good. Stanford should be good. Teams they always play, both are at home. Mm-hmm. They're at Virginia Tech. That's tough. Yep. They're at USC. I don't know how good USC is going to be. I don't know if they're winning 10 games or if they're winning 8. And then they host Florida State. So, five games, they host three of them. They're probably losing at least two. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree there. Uh, what? How about your Heisman? Who do you have winning the Heisman? Trace McSorley, white little guy from Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, let's then get to your bowl games. Uh, what do we start with here? The let's playoff start... games or the other bowl games? Well, just like the 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 New Year's Six. This is what I'm. Sugar. Yeah. Let's start with the Sugar Bowl. Who do you have? Uh, SEC versus Big 12. Yep. I have Oklahoma versus Georgia. Okay. Game that was a great game last year. Absolutely. Probably the best game of the year. How about the Rose Bowl? Rose Bowl. Two years in a row, the Rose Bowl's been the best game of the year. Uh, I, I have Washington and Ohio State. Okay. Fiesta Bowl. Auburn and Boise State. Ooh, that'd be good. Uh, Peach Bowl. I think this was the Orange Bowl from last year. Miami and no, it was some game from last year. Miami, Wisconsin. Yes, uh, that was the Orange Bowl last year. So I have that as a rematch. And I have uh, Oklahoma, Georgia as a rematch. All right, so let's get to it. Your college football playoff teams in order. Who's number one? Clemson is the only undefeated team. Okay. Two. Alabama number. Alabama loses to LSU. Besides that, they win their conference. Okay. Uh, number three is Penn State. They lose at Michigan. Besides that, they beat everybody else because all the other games are at home. Okay. And number four. Number four is Texas. They lose at Oklahoma State. Wow. Besides that, they run the table. They're like Texas at number four. Wow. That would be that's uh, that's some high praise right there for Texas and Tom Herman in year two there. So uh, who do you? Washington. Washington, the first team out. Okay, all right. That's that's. Hey, you got you got me intrigued, man. Uh, national champion, who do you have? All of the orange, the orange bowl, Clemson and Texas. So much orange, I can't even fathom it. I have Clemson beating Alabama in Atlanta. Very good. I think Clemson, Clemson's defensive line is the best in the country. 
uh, should be maybe the two best defenses in the country head to head. Um, what fourth year in a row? Yeah, fourth year in a row. I think Clemson evens it up to two apiece. Excellent, excellent stuff. Anything else regarding the college football season that you're intrigued by? Before we say so long. Uh, well, there's a surprise team. Texas will probably be a surprise team. Seems like it's kind of the same teams that we've been picking. Yep. I mean, do you look at the what four years of the college football playoff? Alabama's made it every year. Mm-hmm. They're the only team to do that. Clemson's been in there. Oklahoma, Ohio State—they're always in the mix. Yep. So I don't—I don't know if this is the way it's always would have been if the fourteen playoff was around, but it seems like there's how many teams do you think can make the playoff? What? It's, say that again, though? How many teams do you give a chance? Okay. Let, oh, oh, yep. Okay. Um, I will say, I'm going to say one in the Pac-12. How about, okay, let's, let's see here. I, I'll, I'll say I'll ten. Get... I'll say ten teams overall. And I, I believe uh, three of those reside, four of those reside in the Big Ten. You have to win your conference. Yep. Unless you're Alabama. Yes. What's, what's, the, what's the status? One team from outside the top ten or something like that. One or two. One or two teams from has have made it. Mm-hmm. I would give three teams in the Big Twelve a chance: TCU, Texas, Oklahoma. I would give four teams from the SEC a chance. Up to seven. I would give five Big Ten teams. That's twelve. I'd give maybe three or four teams from the Pac-12. They're on 15. And two from the ACC? I'd give maybe two teams from the ACC. So maybe 16, 17 teams. Very good. Probably more than most. Yeah. No, it's going to be a great college football season. We'll be talking about it all throughout uh, fall. Um, Next week, uh, get your uh, division picks ready there for the NFL preview. That will be far. Oh, boy. Jeff and Brown. Let's hear it. Uh, it'll be half as long as the college football one. Uh, but anything else uh, before we say so long? Should be it. All right. Looking forward to it. Enjoy the opening weekend of college football. Last weekend was a soft opening. It's really for reals here now. It's here, folks, the football. Very good. The, uh, yeah, they changed the score bug on ESPN again. Yeah, I don't like I it. Sorry. Unnecessary. Last one was pretty good. They had that for what a year, two years. Yep. But it was nice. They changed the bottom. Stupid. Changed it all the time. And Michelle Beadle out at uh, get up. So there you go. If that shows around a year from now, I'll be shocked. I, I I would kind of be as well. Or at least put people on there that are good. And not pay them a combined fourteen and a half million dollars. It's probably not a great idea. No, it is not. All right. Thank you, Krenz. All right. We'll see you later. Travis Krenz joining us here at Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time and perspective as always. So there you go. College football teams that he has. Clemson, Alabama, Penn State, and Texas. Very good here. we get more college football uh, talks and picks coming up next with Charlie Hildebrand. Kind enough to join us here from the Sioux City Journal. 
uh, with his playoff teams and uh, other items of note as well. You can follow the Sports Block. Uh, you can find this uh, podcast, the Sports Block podcast, available on iTunes. Just search the Sports Block. Also, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. We have a link posted to the podcast the middle of the later part of the week. Coming up here uh, next, we'll have Charlie Hildebrand. Or coming up later here in the podcast, Charlie Hildebrand uh, with more college football talk here. Uh, it's College Football Preview Show here on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast in our college football preview extravaganza. You've heard him for the last couple of weeks, and he's back again this week for some, you know, to give us our, his college uh, football playoff teams. It's Mr. Charlie Hildebrand from the Sioux City Journal. Charlie, how are you doing? Pretty good. Just been jamming out some Metallica, some Enter Sandman, because I know it's your favorite song. Well, it's Virginia Tech entrance. It's, it's the best entrance in college football, dare I say, but... <laughs> Uh, we've been we've gone through the the major the power five conferences and so uh, we'll get to all the to the playoff teams here in a moment but uh, first uh, I guess we should uh, gauge your reaction or get some reaction to you on urban Meyer getting the worthless three game suspension uh, it does absolutely no good to me it 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 rather infuriates me how he handled how this situation so poorly and how Ohio State handled it poorly. The investigation seems a bit like a fraud, and you just hear more and more stuff about you know like long-term memory loss or like short-term memory loss, and how it's bad. It just there's a lot of bullshit going on out there. So, uh, what what was your reaction when you heard the news? Yeah, I mean it was pretty underwhelming. Um, you know, it seemed like they were suspending them just to say that they did suspend them even though I feel like that's not enough and they probably should have fired him. And then, like, there's just so many points along the way where Meyer could have done something that maybe wouldn't have made the whole thing go away, but would have made it felt like, it would have seemed like he had some remorse about something, but, you know, it didn't. He read, you know, that prepared statement that I feel 100% confident that he did not write. So someone else wrote it for him and he read it as, you know, as a robot. Blandly, boringly as possible, like he didn't want to be there, you know, yep. he essentially, he kind of sounded like, you know, when you're seven or eight years old and your parents force you to apologize and you don't mean it, so you're really doing it poorly, that's basically what it sounded like, and yeah, it was, uh, it was not pretty. No, it, it wasn't, and it seemed like he, like you said, that he did nothing wrong and that he was forced to be suspended three games, and maybe that's why the announcement took so long. Uh, the games that he'll miss. Yeah, and then when they asked him about it, he just said like, "Oh, I'm sorry." Or when they asked him about uh, Courtney Smith, he was like, "Well, I'm just sorry for everyone." Yeah, I'm just and sorry like, we're in this situation. Like you're just sorry that you got caught. Yep. And you have to do this as opposed to, and I don't know. It's like I'm not going to pretend like I'm perfect because I'm not. But it, you know, usually it seems like when you get punished for something even if you don't agree with it, like, you have this process, like, as a regular human, where you're like, well, was it my fault? I've been thinking it wasn't my fault this whole time. But maybe I was wrong. And, and I don't think he ever had any of that. Oh, yeah. You're just can... like, oh, this is dumb that I have to go through this. This is a waste of time. Yeah, it, when he, you could show it, some... It's like, I don't know if he did any illegal stuff, but he did, he did terrible, well, if he didn't report, so I guess maybe he did do some illegal stuff. We'll see. You ever find those deleted text messages? Yep. 
But even, but, but you know, like, stuff that morally is it's just like, why did you keep this jerk around yep. who did stuff that anybody else would have been fired years ago? And it wasn't like Zach Smith was this lights out coach that was the reason for their success. They could have replaced it with scores of other coaches who would have been far, far better. I don't know. It's, maybe it's just an ego thing from them where you're just like, I can do whatever I want. I, I, I don't know. Well, he had, you know, he had a history a little bit at Florida, uh, and, you know, he did come out a couple days later and actually apologize to Courtney Smith, but that was only after the public backlash that he received, so... In, in the tweet that I'm sure he didn't write again, that someone else wrote for him and yep. worded it and everything. It, yeah, I, I mean, so... Is I don't know if he's truly sorry to Courtney for everything. It's probably just like no, he's, he, just he's sorry, sorry that, that he he's sorry that the reaction is as bad as it is, and that everyone's on his case. Uh, I I'm I've never been much of a fan of Ohio State. You're like would cheer for him, but I am actively rooting against them now every chance I get because, like I say, with the way this uh, investigation unfolded, and I you know what if. If the investigation had said, yeah, you know what, we do see what he did, and, you know, if, if they chose not to fire him, but if they g- could give us some plausible, justifiable reasons, and not the bullshit lies that they gave, and maybe they're not lies, but they certainly we hadn't heard about, oh, short-term memory loss, and he's been dealing with it for a while. It just There's a lot of stuff in that investigation that just smelled bad. Uh, it just seemed like a load of crap. Yeah, I agree, and... Like, in terms of suspending them, the only way I think they could have suspended them that I would have even been remotely, like, maybe this is fair, if they would have just been like, you're suspended for the entire 2018 season, you're not allowed to step foot on the Ohio State campus or any Ohio State activities away from Ohio, you know, outside of the state, until the start of the 2019 football season. If they would have suspended them for a whole year, I would have said, you know, Maybe that's a fair punishment for something like this, but I mean, and, and I don't know that it is, but I could have maybe, you know, tried to find a way to wrap my head around that. But this is just, it's, I don't know, it's, there's a seamy side of football, both professional and collegiately, and unfortunately this is the seamy side of college football. Yep, and, and I think you and I were both uh, of the, you know, we were both asking for him to be fired or thought that that's what should, be, should happen, and he... He's just going to carry the stigma around him now, and I, I don't know how it's going to affect recruiting, and that's something that's that we'll see down the line. Uh, but I have to imagine the leash is going to be very short with him, and he's going to have to to really make sure that he's doing everything um, correctly. I, I would imagine – I don't know if there's going to be a lawsuit. Based off recent history, it's safe to assume it's not going to happen. No, and he'll just – He's not really done a whole lot of that. Right, he'll just blame his short-term memory loss – on it. it, yeah, it's just it, it's bad, and you know it was bad when you get the reaction from people around Columbus immediately after the announcement was made, and even some of the students, they're just tone deaf. They're just tone deaf to this, including female students, which I thought was a little surprising. To be fair, let's not say that that's all Ohio. State no, fans. no, not all. I don't know what percentage it is, and I'm sure there's plenty that also don't like this either. I don't want to lump like 100% of them all together. But certainly there's a large... Contingent. A large portion that yeah. that just does not seem to comprehend 
liking the serious of that. You're right. It, yeah, I'm not. I don't mean to include everyone in that because I think there are some people whose moral compasses pointed in the right direction that said, "Yeah, Urban Meyer probably should have been gone. That this isn't worth it." But it was in the immediate aftermath of the announcement just the people that they were interviewing with seemed like oh yeah he may have done a bad thing but uh i'm glad they didn't fire him because he didn't do it it just it, it the sample size that we got thursday night was or wednesday night was just a a lot of people it relieved that he wasn't fired and that he's going to continue to coach football so i just it it's a sad situation and it, it's a uh Again, actively rooting against Ohio State here going forward and uh, lost a lot of respect for Urban Meyer and uh, the stuff that he does. So he, he's going to have a lot of enemies ahead of him, I think. I would agree. I, I, and I, a little inside baseball talk here to anybody listening. There's another show where Stacking and I talk that we also did today, and I mentioned this there, and I'll bring it up again. Yep. Like, I think, I, I don't know, maybe I did last week. I don't remember, but. Like, I think this puts an expiration date on Meyer's career at Ohio State. And I think by, in two and a half to three years, which would be roughly, so the end of the 2020 season, I don't think he's going to be at Ohio State anymore, whether that's he gets fired for something else with this or fired for something else that they just don't want to put up with, you know, all his crap anymore, or he gets sick of everybody yelling at him and resigns. Or just leaves to go somewhere else to be, I don't know, in the NFL or something. But I, I think this whole thing is something that in 2018, where there's so many people that now that there's going to be a much bigger spotlight in Fishbowl in Columbus, that the, anything they do wrong is going to be magnified now. But I think this is going to all, I mean, obviously he's not been fired now. And maybe there'll be something in the next few weeks that happens and that happens. Mm-hmm. And it ends up working that way, but... But I think this puts, like, I think the clock's ticking now. Yeah. Where do you think he would end up if, if Ohio State does can him within two or three years? I don't know. It'll be interesting to see because, like, what they did, what he did was wrong, and it's bad. But it's not nearly as bad as what's happened at, like, Baylor or Penn State. You're in right. those situations, I mean, obviously Joe Paterno died a few years later, or a few months later, so he didn't, it was irrelevant. But, like, Art Riles isn't ever going to coach in college in the United States ever again. He's coaching, I think, in Italy now. I don't know if this necessarily makes Urban Meyer so radioactive that nobody would hire him. I think a lot of people wouldn't, though, because they would just be like, we don't want to deal with the headache that comes with this, so... Yep. But I, I, I don't know. Because, like, I've heard a lot of people say, like, oh, well, Maryland's coach is going to get fired. If Ohio State fires him, they know he'll just go to Maryland. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think Maryland's going to hire this guy immediately after what's going on with no. what they're going through right now. Like, I don't think that's something you can really sell to people. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't. Yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, but anyway, that's the Urban Meyer situation, so we'll see how that unfolds. Uh, the first three games for Ohio State uh, are home against Oregon State. Uh, who's the other home team? Or what's week two? Oh, Rutgers. Rutgers and then uh, a neutral site game with TCU. So out of the three games, it would seem that I would... Well, neutral site game in, in Texas, but I think in, if it's not in Dallas, it's close by. So right. Be... So, I mean... 
I think TCU is going to win that game regardless. But even so, you get out of there two and one without Urban, and yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, yeah, Ohio State uh, not making any friends. Uh, that's for sure with this decision. Apart from I guess all your Buckeye fans to begin with. But anyway. Uh, so that's that's that. Uh, but the season has kicked off already somewhat. You know, we had New Mexico State and Wyoming. Wyoming kicked the shit out of them. Hawaii beat Colorado State. Rice struggled with Prairie View A&M, uh, but ultimately won. And uh, UMass destroyed Duquesne. So that's a, fir- a good little uh, appetizer uh, what or whistle for the upcoming college football season. Uh, games, of course get going here this week thursday night and in friday saturday there's a game on sunday game on monday so uh for labor day so great stuff there uh we i think the two main games that everyone's intrigued by would be auburn and washington that's a neutral site game in atlanta and then michigan and notre dame uh in south bend so those are i think are the two games are there any other games this week that are catching your attention I think there's more than those two, but I think those are the two biggest. Um, I think your Hokies playing Florida State, yep. a conference game to open the year, I think that's a pretty good one. And I think uh, LSU and Miami is pretty good. Yes, yep. I um, forgot that. I think it's worth mentioning that Alabama and Louisville are playing. I don't think it's going to be a good game. I think Alabama's going to annihilate them. Like, they might win. Like, I don't. I wouldn't be stunned if Alabama won like fifty-two to six. But since they're both Power Five teams, I figured I'd bring that one up. Yep. And then another interesting one. I don't think we're going to see an upset, but I don't want to say that it couldn't happen. I wouldn't be. I'd be surprised, but not stunned. Uh, Lane Kiffin and Florida Atlantic yep. roll into Northern Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Now Kyler Murray uh, played at Texas A&M before transferring to the Sooners, but certainly it'll be his first start for Oklahoma. He hasn't played in an actual game in a few years now. So, uh, yeah, I think I think Oklahoma wins, but like between you and me, I don't think either of us would be stunned no. if, you know, with 10 minutes left in the game, it's like, oh, Oklahoma's up 31 to 28. This is pretty close. We could go a lot of different ways here. So. Yeah, I think I brought that up uh, in the show, like you said, that we do on, on Sundays, the the, the sports lounge, um, uh, the Google chat, shall we say. Um, and I I would put that upset, or that potential upset, as the highest, uh, the, the game that is most likely to produce an upset of a ranked team. Um, I would put Florida Atlantic, Oklahoma, number one on that list. So... I agree with you there. Speaking of Florida Atlantic, couple other quick ones yeah. that just popped into my head. Um, I think UCLA plays Fresno State. Fresno State won ten games last year. Chip Kelly at UCLA could be interesting. I'm not positive. I think Stanford and San Diego State play Week One, and San Diego State won last year. And I'm sure we'll have another fantastic running back because we've had a great running back for like six straight years now. Yep. So that could be good. And then just because it's a conference game that may have bowl implications, I know how much we love that game that we won't do for a little while. But Northwestern and Purdue, whoever loses that game, I don't think that means they can't make a bowl, but it's going to make it more difficult starting the season 0-1. Yep. No, that's a a very good 
one as as well. I, and, I, and, and Northwestern and Purdue on Thursday or Friday. That's the other thing. If it's not a Saturday one, that'll get lost in the shuffle. I think it's on Thursday night. Yep, it is on Thursday night on ESPN. It, I, I remember last year, I think it was Ohio State and Indiana. So maybe this is just the thing that ESPN's doing with the Big Ten. But don't you think you could get something better to kick off the college football season than Northwestern and Penn and Purdue? It just well, I think the thing is, is that like the Big Ten's got enough big games that they don't want to put their really, really good ones early. So they're picking the ones that that aren't good but aren't terrible either. They're just kind of a ho hum ones, with the thought being you'd rather watch this than you would, you know, a top fifteen team beat an FCS or bad Mac or Sunbelt team by 50. I remember... I think that's their thought process. I remember a couple years ago, or maybe it was a, a three or four, but like there was ESPN had a double header, you know, it was like South Carolina, Vanderbilt, or like South Carolina, North Carolina, and then they'd, they'd send it out west, you know, for maybe a Pac-12 after dark sort of deal. It, it, to me, it, if it's the opening week, you got to have a little better marquee game or like at least have a double header to me that just doesn't make sense and then friday night you get western kentucky against wisconsin that'll be interesting san diego state as you mentioned and stanford are on fs1 so uh i actually look at friday night slate and say yeah that's a little bit better than uh than thursday the thing you gotta remember too though is week one where you can get away with not having good yep. matchups that's the one week where everyone's like we just want to watch something yep that's very true that's very true. Everyone's just going to be excited that college football is back. Uh, we mentioned Florida Atlantic. They are in Conference USA. And uh, I think, you know, last year Lane Kiffin and company had a phenomenal run. And I think Florida Atlantic is definitely a team that needs to be in consideration for uh, to make it the the non-Power 5. The group of five team that yep. makes the New York Six Bowl. Yep. Yep, Which they, I think whoever wins, I think they're going to the Peach Bowl, if I remember right. That would make sense. I mean, they got a matchup with uh, Central Florida in later in the season, so that could ultimately decide who gets there. But uh, anything of note from Conference USA that you're intrigued by? Um, there were. I went through. In addition to BYU and Notre Dame, I picked a few other Group of Five teams on how I thought they'd do. Just ones that. In general, you look at and think this is a team that might have some buzz and have a chance to get that New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, Central Florida is one of the ones I did pick. I do have them winning Conference USA, going uh, ten and two in the regular season, losing at Oklahoma and Central Florida. So I, I think they'll be pretty good. I don't think they will get the uh, the bid to the Peach Bowl, but I think it will be interesting that there's a strong chance. You know, Lane Kiffin. Winning ten games two years in a row in Florida, if they were, if there would be some power five schools that come knocking on his door, that Central Florida, uh, as mentioned, was undefeated last year. They're in the American Athletic Conference. Uh, maybe Houston and Memphis would be their uh, the biggest competition or hindrances, uh, obstacles towards them. Uh, winning another AAC title. I'd probably throw South Florida in two, but yeah, yep. I would say those two or three teams the biggest maybe, competition. And maybe drop in, in Navy as well, just because it's Navy and you never know what can happen. But uh, I think Milton comes back at quarterback for him, so Central Florida should be pretty good again this year, despite uh, losing Frost. It'll be different, but they should be right up there as well. 
Yeah, we've talked about this before. I think it's going to be interesting because while Central Florida's got a team like loaded with talent to win, the problem is since absolutely none of the coaches are back, if you're a brand-new coach going in, like I don't know if you can do the tough guy routine where you're like, everything you guys did is wrong, because if you say that, they'll be like, well, we went undefeated last year. So I think it's possible, you know, kind of like with your Gophers in year one under B.J. Fleck, Mike Huskers in year one under Mike Riley, Although, I'm not to say that all those coaches are equally good necessarily. Right. But it could be a situation where they kind of struggle just because it's like, well, we're doing things differently. And and I think Central Florida will still be good. I don't have them winning the American Athletic Conference. I've got them going 9-3, and three, losing to uh, Memphis, Navy, and South Florida. Okay, very good. Um, anything of note in the MAC? I don't have a lot of strong thoughts in the MAC. I know, well, you know, I'll give you one. Ohio hasn't won the conference since, like, the 1950s or 40s, if I remember right. Frank Solich has been in Ohio now much longer than he was the head coach at Nebraska. Yep. He was the head coach at Nebraska from 98 to 03, and he's been the head coach at Ohio, I think, since 05. So 05 to 18, I think this is going to be his 14th year as the head coach there. I think this is the year the Ohio Bobcats get it done, win the conference, and then uh, Frank Solich rides off into the sunset after winning the conference. All right, there we go. Uh, How about in the Mountain West? I think we talked about, you know, who's the team that can crash the New Year's Six games uh, or New Year's Six bowl game from the power conferences or from the non-power five? And, uh, I think every year we kind of talk about Boise State, but this year it certainly looks like Boise State is loaded and ready to go and uh, probably is that team. I have them losing only one game to Oklahoma State, and even that one I think Boise State could win. Boise State's pretty good. There's not a game you look at on their schedule and say that they can't win that game. Um, I do think Fresno State and San Diego State will be pretty good. Um, so one, Almost certainly Boise State will be playing one of those two teams in the Mountain West Championship game. I also have Boise State going 11-1 and in the regular season. I have them beating Oklahoma State, but losing to Fresno State. Oh, but I, do have, I do have Boise State winning the conference, so therefore being 12-1. and All right, there we go. I like it. like it a lot. Um, Sunbelt, anything of note there? Um, I can name some teams in the Sunbelt. Troy was pretty good last year, and I know they beat LSU. And they do play Nebraska this year, but I, if I remember right, I think Troy uh, had a really good quarterback and a really good running back that are both gone now. And they actually either, open up against Boise State. What's that? The Troy opens with Boise State in Troy. Yeah, that's a tough game. I, I mean, certainly, I'm not saying that Troy can't win that game, but, you know, I picked Boise State to win. If I, you know, like, yeah. side, thought, side note on that, there's there's like four week zero games, or you know that word, yep. just this past weekend. Troy Boise State's going to completely get lost in the shuffle and nobody's going to really care about it outside of Boise State and Troy fans. Doesn't it seem like it would make sense to have like some of those non-conference games between group of five teams, you know, from different conferences yep. to play there? Like, Troy and Boise State in Week Zero, I think would have easily been the biggest game of the week. Absolutely, and even if it was competitive, 
everyone would have been like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this one. It, you know, these two teams combined to win 19 games or whatever last yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree with you on that. I mean, yeah. I'm, here, here, talk about doubleheaders. Here's your doubleheader. Two non-conference games between group of five schools that could have been, you know, afternoon and at night. You start with Boise State and Troy at 2.30 yesterday afternoon, and yep. then your 6 or 7 o'clock nightcap, Florida Atlantic at Central Florida. Yeah, absolutely. Or like, People would have gone nuts over that. Even if you would have just, if you would have moved Boise State, Troy up to this week, you could have done that at like 6 o'clock, and then it, on CBS Sports Network, and then kept it on for a Hawaii and Colorado State. I mean, that something that easily could have been done. And, uh, but those are big enough that they wouldn't have to be on those. You'd get those games on, like, ESPN or ABC if you wanted. Right. You, oh, yeah, you certainly could. Um, yeah. I, no, or I, Fox. I, I mean, that, that doesn't have to be a Disney affiliate, I guess. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're right, though. They could do something more to spice up the week zero, as we mentioned, or as we call it. It's like, I don't want to say that the way they're doing it, it's wrong. I mean, I think most of us would be like, well, yeah, you know, there's only going to be a couple games of, like, a soft opening, and I get that you're not going to have, you know, I don't know. You're not going to have Auburn-Washington that week, you know, or you're not going to have Ohio State-Michigan that week or anything like that. Yep. But I feel like it's a way to say, you know, we're only going to have the group of five teams do it, give them a little extra publicity, you know, in a week where they're not matched up against the bigger names. And then you also say, like, hey, what are the real big non-conference games that people, you know, in the middle of October aren't going to care, or late September aren't going to care about, but we can do it this week and people just go nuts over it. Because right, it's, it's the opening week of college, or the beginning of the college football season. Yeah, everyone's going, oh yeah, football's back. You're going to watch it regardless of who it is. No, I, I totally get it and I totally, I totally agree with you there. Uh, Independence, uh, UMass, Army, BYU, Liberty. Liberty is in FBS, who'd have thunk it, New Mexico State and Notre Dame. So, all kidding aside, there's only really one team that we care about, and that's Notre Dame. They have, a, as we mentioned, a tough opening game against Michigan. If they can win that, they have a very good chance here, I think, to be successful and in the college football playoff hunt this year. Uh, you'd have difficult games uh, against Stanford, but that would be in South Bend at Virginia Tech. Uh at Northwestern, I'll maybe give them a home to Florida State. I don't think Florida State's going to be any good by that point. And then uh, at USC. So really, if they can beat Michigan here, Notre Dame is going to factor into the college football playoff here, I'd say, for the entire season. Don't you agree? I think if they can beat Michigan, they've certainly got a chance to do it. I mean, Notre Dame's had kind of a tendency under Brian Kelly to lose maybe one or two games where you look at and you're confused by... Let's put it this way, second. I've got them beating Michigan. I have Notre Dame losing at your Virginia Tech Hokies. Thank you. And let's stop right there for a second. I'm not going to say whether I have them going 11 and one or not. But do you think an 11 and one Notre Dame team that had only lost to Virginia Tech would get into the playoff? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So, therefore. I've got Notre Dame at 10-1 and one playing at USC with a playoff spot on the line. And then uh, David Schottenkirk's USC Trojans upending the Fighting Irish, keeping them out of the playoffs. I've got Notre Dame 
been pretty good going 10 and 2, getting a New Year's six point bid, but not going to the playoffs. Oh, the heartbreak. The heartbreak that would be for Notre Dame uh, for Fighting Irish Nation. Wait, I if is, I'm completely honest with Notre Dame, like, I'll admit, I don't like Notre Dame. I almost always cheer for them to lose. But at the same time, like, you want them to be good to a certain degree. Because college football's better when they're good. Yep. And it's more fun to laugh at them when they lose, you know, when it means something. You know, like that year they went four and eight or whatever, and then another year under Charlie Weiss they went three and nine. Yep. For like three weeks it was fun making fun of them losing, and then they just kept losing and it wasn't any really fun anymore. So I've got Notre Dame at like just that sweet spot at ten and two, where you kind of want to watch them because it's a big game, but you also want them to lose, and ultimately they lose the games you want them to lose. And I have them with the same record and the same two losses to Virginia Tech and USC. All right, so that lets that gets us in now to the mode of we'll do the uh, New Year's six games first before we get to the college football playoff teams. Let's go to your Sugar Bowl. Who do you have in the Sugar Bowl? The Sugar Bowl, which uh, I think like the Rose Bowl, those are the only two bowls that have to have two teams from two specific conferences no matter what. So sometimes that makes it good, sometimes it makes it weird. I've got Georgia and TCU, which I think would be interesting, but not like a lights out good game. I have Georgia and Texas, so we are in agreement there. I made a, I made a late uh pull a, a late switch on my college football playoff teams. I'm not 100% thrilled about doing it, but I've done it nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, Sugar Bowl, Georgia versus Texas. Rose Bowl, who do you have? I have the Khaki Pants, Jim Harbaugh Bowl, Michigan versus Stanford. All right, very good. I have Stanford against Ohio State, so we are uh, fairly close in agreement here thus far. Uh, how about the Fiesta Bowl? The Fiesta Bowl, uh, two teams we've mentioned already. I've got Boise State versus Notre Dame. Oh, that would be a very fun game. I have Boise State as well, and I have them taking on Penn State. Uh, so we have had I a... Be good. Either, we, I think either of those would be quite interesting. Absolutely. So we have, we have one team uh, that is the same in each of these three bowl games. The Peach Bowl, uh, who do you have? Uh, the Peach Bowl, I believe, has to, let me rephrase that. If, if the Orange Bowl takes an ACC team, which the Orange Bowl takes the ACC champ, I, the Peach Bowl replaces them with an ACC team this year. And spoiler alert, I'm pretty sure we both have an ACC team in the playoff. Yes. It starts with a Clem and ends with a child. Yes. But I've, uh... So I've got Miami in the Peach Bowl as the ACC replacement against Ohio State. I have Miami as well against Notre Dame. So um, that'd be interesting. So, well, yes, yeah, that's what I have, Miami against Notre Dame. So, yes, uh, and then you mentioned the Clem with the with the child. I have the Clem daughter in the college football play. I mean, Clemson. What? Sorry, Clemson. In the uh, college football playoff, but let's get to your college football playoff teams first. Uh, who do you have in the? Who's the one seed? Uh, a spoiler with this. I think uh, I don't remember if you were there when I said this on the other program we do, the Sports Lounge, because you took a brief break where I mentioned this. Yep. I think ours are incredibly similar. Yeah. 
Um, Number one seed, I have Clemson. Yes. Yep. Number two seed, I have Alabama. Yep. Yep, we're two for two. Three seed, I have Wisconsin. Oh, yep. Yep. And the fourth seed, I have Washington. Oh, damn it. Yep. This is... Uh, Charlie, I think I've... Uh, I'm sorry, but I think I've jinxed your uh, your four because same four teams, same four seeds. Even worse, it's the same four that Sports Illustrated has, too. Oh, God. I think you and I both picked this before Sports Illustrated published theirs. Yes. So, yeah, I... Uh, I'm pretty sure Clemson and Alabama. Well, Clemson's going to make it. I'm not. I'm a hundred. Well, I'm ninety-eight percent sure. You can almost Alabama, put the house 70% down. Percent sure. Yep. I don't feel great about Wisconsin and Washington as much now. I agree with you. Um, you know, Clemson is a, a shoe in for me. I think Alabama is going to do it. The only team I would maybe sub out, like if if Alabama doesn't do it, I think it would be Georgia. And I had Georgia in there for the longest time, over. Washington, but uh, elected to keep Washington in it, so uh, I think Washington's going to lose only one game, and that's probably going to be the season opener against Auburn. Uh, and yeah, Wisconsin got two tough games. I'm not giving... Yeah, Iowa's somewhat tough, but I think Wisconsin can handle them. Uh, the two tough games are at Michigan and at Penn State, and I think they can beat Penn State. Um... Not sure if they can beat Michigan, but if you win one of those two and then go through the rest, I think Wisconsin breezes through for the uh, it, through the Big Ten and wins the Big Ten championship over Ohio State and exacts revenge from last year. And I've got similar but different. I have Wisconsin losing to Michigan and then playing Michigan again in the Big Twelve or the Big Ten title game and getting revenge in the conference title game. Very good. Either way, it would be okay, and Jim Harbaugh would once again be sad. The national championship game. Do we have the same national championship here as well? Real quick, I do want to mention that one of the reasons ours is the same, not just the same, but in the same order, this is when I started doing this. I was like, well, I don't want Alabama and Washington to play in the semifinals because they played in the semifinals two years ago. <laughs> well, I guess I'll just make Alabama and Wisconsin play instead. I'll switch the order as to the Alabama one. I'll make them Alabama two, and that fixes everything. So if I wouldn't have switched that, we wouldn't. We'd have the same four teams, but not the same order. And it was solely to avoid a playoff rematch from two years ago. Well, yeah, I, I totally. You know, Washington at least scored a touchdown early in that game. They did opening drive, and then they didn't score again. But it's worth noting that, like, while Alabama won, and they should get credit for winning. It's not like Washington's defense played poorly. No, no, not at all. Washington held up, but offensively, other than that one drive, couldn't do anything against Alabama. And I feel like that was... To be fair, both teams couldn't do anything against Alabama on offense either. Right, and for Washington that year, they peaked a lot sooner than people thought. Um, And then maybe last year was supposed to be that year that they had a chance, and now this year... There are a lot of heavy expectations on Washington. So do you have them in the national championship game or no? Nope, I've got Alabama Clemson 4. It's like boxing except instead of a trilogy, they made it a quadrilogy. And hopefully it's better than the third one. Yeah, well the third one at least it's wasn't like, the national like championship. Point, if you look at it, it's actually a lot like a movie series. The first one's great, sometimes the second one's better than the first one, sometimes it's worse. 
we would both say the second one's better because that's the one Clemson won. I feel. And then, like many trilogies, when the first two were good, the third one's just terrible. Or I think it was 24 to 6, but not as close as the score indicated. Right. But yeah, so I've got it for the fourth year in a row. Third time in four years it's the championship game. And hopefully it's more like the first two. Well, it's just like Golden State and Cleveland so in the NBA. So, uh, Except hopefully this will be better. I have Clemson uh, against Alabama as well. And uh, I will let you give your national champion first, and we'll see if uh, we have the same here as well. I was going to have you go first, and if we had the same, I was just going to change mine at the last second, so we at least had one difference. Maybe that's what you're doing. I don't know. Nope, I'm going to keep mine I, the uh, same regardless. All right, you go first. I, I'm taking Clemson. Uh, I just think that they are going to improve more, even more so from last year, and I like Kelly Bryant at quarterback here. I think Clemson's going to do great things again under Dabo Sweeney, exact revenge on Alabama, and win their second national championship in three years. I hope you're right. That would make the storybook ending, but unfortunately this is real life, and a lot of times real life slaps you in the face. So I'm going to say Alabama wins, not like last year, but in kind of like a gross. Let's say let's say twenty one to thirteen, so it's a one score game. But it didn't really feel like Clemson was ever gonna make that final drive. So I'm gonna pick Alabama. Fair enough. And hopefully you've put the jinx on Alabama, which we can only hope for. That's that's our main goal in this, right? Agreed. Uh, Heisman Trophy, I feel like, is going to be a running back this year. Uh, Bryce Love from Stanford is the best running back in college football. But I do like Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, and I feel like if Wisconsin can get to the college football playoff, that that might sway a few more voters towards giving uh, the Heisman to Taylor, which I think he would be the first Wisconsin running back since, what, Ron Dane to win the award, or first Wisconsin player, for that matter, to win the Heisman since Ron Dane. But I will give it to Bryce Love because Stanford, the the running backs that they churn out year after year is just remarkable. And he was great last year. I think he is even better this year, in Stant- and uh, he'll win the Heisman. I like how you mentioned Stanford and, and Washington, or Stanford and Wisconsin, where they're basically the exact same college football team in different, different conferences, you know, more or less yep. in a lot of ways anymore. Even when you get down to colors and everything. I think those are both good choices. I think I like it when running backs win anymore because, you know, corner, the game's so geared towards quarterbacks now. And that's not to take anything away from, you know, the QBs, a lot of whom are great. But I think it's just fun seeing running backs win because, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's harder to do what a running back does physically, I think. Right. Mentally, it's harder to be a quarterback. I think, without a doubt, because there's so much stuff going on and it's more important. But the toll and to be able to take that for a whole season. I think those are. I think both uh, Bryce Love and Jonathan Taylor are great. I'm, I, I'm not going to lie to you, Zach, and I had two names written down here, and one of them was the, one of those two you mentioned. I won't tell you which one, but I'm going to go with the other one. That's why I wrote down two, just in case. I'm going to go with uh, Arizona quarterback Khalil Tate. He's going to have him in the Pac-12 championship game. They won't win, but he's going to put up freakish numbers running. I was... He didn't even play the first month of the season last year. I think he had 1,300 rushing yards. 
and with Kevin Sumlin and all the uh, the guys who are used to coaching, you know, guys like Johnny Manziel and stuff, they will find a way to not just get them those running yards against, you know, some some pretty mediocre Pac-12 defenses. Find a way to get some you know, hit some passes still. I'm going to go with Khalil Bates. I love that outside-the-box pick and thinking there. What would those numbers have to look like for Khalil Tate to do it? Are we talking like 2,500 passing yards, 1,500 yards rushing, or like maybe not even that much, but like 1,000 yards rushing? What are we looking at here? What sort of numbers does he have to have to get in the Heisman Trophy discussion and ultimately win it? He's going to have to have pretty good numbers. I think he's going to win it sort of like Robert Griffin III did. Okay. Certainly Arizona has not been as bad as Baylor was for the 10 or 15 years before RG3 got there. But I think it's going to kind of be like that where it's not that your team's great. It's that you make them just so much better than they were. I'm pretty sure Baylor went 9-3 and when he won the Heisman. Yep. And I've got Arizona going 9-3 and in the regular season. And, you know, I have them losing to Houston. Maybe they don't lose to Houston, so they're 10-2. And, and then I, I'm thinking, he's, let's say he's got, like, let's say, like, 3,000 passing yards, which, including the conference championship game, would be 13 games. 3,000 passing yards, 30 touchdowns, less than 10 interceptions, and then about 12 or 1,300 yards rushing. But more important, I mean, and I think that's an important aspect of that. But the more, well, the more important thing is going to be that so many people on Saturdays while they're watching college football have either, you know, their laptop, their iPad, their desktop, or their phone open to Twitter or Facebook, and especially on Twitter, I think there's just going to be all sorts of, hey, here's this eight-second clip of this play that Khalil Tate had, where Arizona was on their own 35-yard line. He dropped back to pass. Nobody was open. He took off. Made two guys miss and scored. Which I think more, more or less is how Lamar Jackson wanted. I mean, you know, Louisville didn't play in the conference title game or in a New Year's Six game, but was just, you know, this freakish athlete that did things. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's going to be more or less like that. I don't think he's quite the high-end athlete that Lamar Jackson is, but I think it's going to be that, where against a lot of mediocre Pac-12 defenses, you know, like UCLA and Arizona State and Colorado, and he's going to put up a lot of uh, points and yards while beating teams, you know, like beating Oregon and beating USC in big games that get them a lot of notoriety and spotlight too. Awesome. I like the. I like to say I like the pick there. Um, any other thoughts on the college football season? Any other storylines you're intrigued by? I think maybe we mentioned this before, uh, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but just the idea of, you know, Clemson, which quarterback are they going to start where the younger guy who's the better passer gives you the higher ceiling, but the senior who's a better runner. But I think you're less likely to lose in the regular season with him, but maybe less likely to beat, you know, Alabama or Washington or Ohio State or whoever in the playoffs. Um I think it's going to be interesting, like a lot of these young quarterbacks, too. My uh, my Cornhuskers and your Gophers recently have both announced they're starting true freshman quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. USC going to start a true freshman quarterback. And I saw somewhere on Twitter that, you know, like two of the big storylines this year are all the true freshmen starting at quarterback and all the fantastic defensive linemen in college football. So maybe this is going to be more of a defensive year than an offensive year. You know, if you're a 
a true freshman with a 300-pound guy breathing down your neck the whole game makes things a bit harder. Yep. No, yeah. And I, th- I, I guess the other thing is it just it feels inevitable that Alabama and Georgia are going to play in the SEC title game. And if that happens, is Georgia going to find a way in year three under Kirby Smart where, you know, they had a better recruiting class in February. Not that all those guys are going to make huge impacts. True freshmen this fall. But, you know, is, is Georgia with a year to stew on that going to be able to, to beat Alabama or is Alabama going to win like Alabama always? I feel like it's probably going to be the latter, but hopefully, hopefully Georgia would be able to upend them, and then that would create a huge uh, discussion about if Alabama should make it to the college football playoff or not, or maybe Georgia sneaks in. I don't know. It, it's going to be fascinating. I'm very much looking forward to the season kicking off this weekend, and I will have you on throughout the college football season. Uh, we'll get to bullbound or not, uh, probably sometime in October. Uh, so always a fun time, and Charlie, I appreciate all the time you've given me here over the last or over these last three weeks, and I look forward to talking with you throughout the year here on the podcast. Thank you. Sounds good. I enjoy doing it, and just remember, whenever you need to get jacked up about college football, listen to Inner Sandman by Metallica. I will. I will. Thank you very much. <laughs> yep, talk to you later. All right. Thank you, Charlie. That's Charlie Hildebrand, Sioux City Journal, good friend. Uh, kind enough to give us a, a lot of time talking about college football. So there you have it. We have the same four teams uh, making it to the college football playoffs. So our apologies most likely to the fan bases of, of Washington and Wisconsin. That being said, uh, that's a wrap on the Sports Block podcast here for this week, College Football Edition. Next week, we'll talk some college fo- uh, football, we'll talk baseball, and we'll have an NFL preview. Much to Travis's chagrin. Uh, but we will have one nonetheless. Maybe not quite as extensive, but I'll uh, give you all the records that I have listed here for these NFL teams as the NFL kicks off a week from this upcoming Thursday. College football, though, this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Uh, enjoy all the college football. Enjoy your Labor Day. For most of you, hopefully it is a three-day weekend. Uh, so enjoy the the extended holiday weekend and thank you as always for listening to this week's edition of the sports block podcast just a reminder you can find us available on itunes just search the sports block otherwise follow me on twitter at nd stacken also facebook nathan stacken a link posted to this podcast middle to later part of the week thank you again for listening uh maybe we'll see if we get an sdsu podcast in here this week as well otherwise um just be on the lookout for that here in the near future and Be sure to tune in again next week. Download us, listen to us again, Travis and I, and we'll see who else joins uh, to talk football, baseball, and the world of sports. Thank you again for listening. This is Nathan Stacken uh, encouraging you to listen again next week, thanking you yet again for listening this week, and we'll talk to you next week again on the Sports Block Podcast. Enjoy the college football kickoff.